I should have asked you to stay standing, but that's okay, just a minute, um, because we're going to start our exploration of the art of letting go with a little exercise. So uh, I invite you now to rise back and find a partner uh, for this. If you're not already with one, find one, it's okay. If you happen to end up in a trio, that's all right, it'll work that way, but um, take a moment, move around a little bit if you need to. You don't need to be real close physically, if that's okay, just close enough to hear each other if you'd prefer to keep a little distance. And uh, folks online, if you are with someone, please partner with them, and if not, you can just do this solo. Uh, that's all right. So are we, are we more or less ready? Folks got a partner? Okay, so now in one hand, close your fingers into your palm. In your other hand, open, hold it open in an open palm up position. And so imagine holding something in that palm very precious. It could be something material like a gemstone or emotional like love. Now referring to this imaginary gift, one partner offer your open hand to the other and say, I'd like to give you this precious thing. Then the other partner say the same thing back, I'd like to give you. Then both or all in glad response say, thank you. And keeping your other hand closed Extend that arm to receive it. Now everybody say, Houston, we have a problem. <laughs> Thank you. Please be seated. So the lesson couldn't be more obvious, right? But how many times in our lives do we hope to receive something new and precious and life-giving, more fulfilling work, a loving relationship, greater intimacy with our partner or family, a healthy habit, release from an old pain or resentment? Yet we want to bring this into our lives without A, stopping to consider what we might need to release to make room for it, and or B, actually practicing in a conscious and deliberate way, loosening our grip, sometimes it's a stranglehold, on what we currently possess, or how we do things, or what we hold true about ourselves, or about others, or about the nature of the world. Medieval Rhineland mystic and theologian Meister Eckhart speaks to this very human tendency to clutch things tightly. He uses the word God here, but we could readily substitute the sacred or the divine. There, where clinging to things ends, is where God begins to be. If a cask is to contain wine, you must first pour out the water. The cask must be bare and empty. Therefore, if you wish to receive divine joy, first pour out your clinging to things. Everything that is to receive must and ought to be empty. Like many people, I found Eckhart through noted contemporary theologian, spiritual teacher, and activist Matthew Fox, a former teacher of mine who's written extensively on him. 
And Fox offers another Meister Eckhart saying that captures his teaching in one line. The soul grows by subtraction. So recognizing that even positive change, whether personal, institutional, or cultural, entails releasing the past and present, let's explore what might assist us in this art. One thing I found extremely helpful is Matthew Fox's map of a healthy spiritual journey, what he calls the four paths of creation spirituality, which he names in Latin. The first is the via positiva, or the positive way, which sees the universe and all life fundamentally as a blessing. Fox's seminal book, Original Blessing, turns the notion of original sin on its head by noting that the universe had been birthing the wonders and beauty of our interconnected cosmos for billions of years before the first human did something thoughtless or cruel. And this positive path calls us to awaken to this awesome reality and to the amazement and delight born from being a part of it. Path two is the via negativa, the negative way. While acknowledging that people sometimes commit horrible acts, negative here doesn't only or even primarily mean bad or evil. Rather, this path calls us to accept that life contains uncertainty, confusion, and sometimes sorrow and suffering. And it counsels us not to run from these, but to engage the dark night of the soul when necessary to enter silence and let it inform us, to let go into emptiness and unknowing rather than trying to control everything and everyone. The third path of this healthy spiritual journey is the via creativa, the way of creativity and inventiveness, both in nature and in humans, of giving birth to art and other forms of beauty and to better ways of doing things. These three paths culminate in the via transformativa, using our creativity in the transformative work of, heal of healing and celebration, of justice-making and applied compassion. Especially in periods of substantial change, this map can support both individuals and institutions because it helps locate us in this spiritual journey. And particularly when we find ourselves in a via negativa phase, which again often means more formless and unclear rather than negative per se, the four paths provide assurance by reminding us that this is not the end point and lend strength by offering spiritual wisdom. Again, don't flee uncertainty or grief, but rather allow these to inform and deepen our journey by entering and dancing with them. In short, trust the process by practicing the psycho-spiritual art of letting go, knowing what is often born from this are greater levels of creativity and compassion and a richer connection with your deeper self and with others. Contemporary spiritual teacher Eckhart Tolle, who, by the way, along his spiritual journey, changed his German name, first name from Ulrich to Eckhart, underscores this idea when he says, when you become comfortable with uncertainty, infinite possibilities open up in your life. I'm not suggesting that the practice of art, the, uh, practicing the art of letting go is always painless or easy. Rather, I'm suggesting that if we are to grow into our fullest spiritual capacities, it is necessary. 
Let's recall Meister Eckhart again. There, where clinging to things ends, is where God, or the sacred energies, begins to be. Therefore, if you wish to receive divine joy, first pour out your clinging to things, material goods, fixed ideas, self-imposed limitations, judgmentalism, old habits that don't serve your highest purpose and joyfulness, and so forth. Because everything that is to receive must and ought to be empty. Notice, Eckhart says that letting go of clinging to things doesn't only make room for something just a tad better in our lives. Emptying ourselves makes room for divine joy. That is, for the spirit of life to more fully inhabit our beings and expand our vitality, our creativity, and ultimately our via transformativa work in the world. So who here would like to receive some divine joy? <laughs> Anybody? I'm glad to see your hands are up, otherwise I'd be really worried about you. <laughs> the late renowned mythologist Joseph Campbell seconds this notion toward the transcendent and the notion that the soul grows by subtraction when he says, you have to strive every minute to get rid of the life you have planned in order to have the life that's waiting for you. Move, move, move into the transcendent. That's the whole sense of adventure, I think. You may know, especially here in the Bay Area, that filmmaker George Lucas used Campbell's mythic model of the hero's journey as the template for Star Wars. And in the 1988 PBS series, The Power of a Myth, which by the way I suggest is well worth viewing or revisiting, journalist Bill Moyers is interviewing Campbell and describes a key moment in the climactic battle scene in the original Star Wars movie. It's when hero Luke Skywalker is flying along the outer corridors of the Death Star and he's using a missile targeting device in hopes of blowing it up. When a voice comes from his martyred mentor, Obi-Wan Kenobi, use the force, Luke, let go. And Bill Moyers describes to Campbell the elation of the audience that he felt when Luke pushes the targeting device aside and uses his own discernment on when to launch the missile, which does hit its tiny target. Campbell essentially shrugs, like, of course. <laughs> because he knows that there's a deep resonance there that's an unconscious recognition of transcendent guidance, and that that guidance is real. And here's the thing. Such guidance is not available just to movie heroes, but to all of us who are on our own heroic journey of growing our soul into the fuller life that is waiting for you. Such movement asks of us a willingness to let go and let be, to let life's mystery unfold as it will. This means that even in the midst of our rational explorations and strivings, which are obviously also vital, that at moments we find a, a spiritual still point within us. When we do, when we let go and trust the flow, the inner sense that the force, the Tao or great way, the spirit of life, the voice of our soul is moving in and with us, what we might call a form of spiritual wakefulness becomes a normal part of our awareness 
and our experience. And when it does, what's called synchronicity, the coming together of circumstances and events in ways that transcend the strictly rational, begins to merge with serendipity, and wonderful, often unexpected things can result. In our modern rationalistic age, such wakefulness is largely relegated to the road less traveled. And on mine, there have been periods of profound confusion and bewilderment and disillusionment, even moments approaching despair. But one of the things that sustained me during such times was a knowledge of these four paths, positive, negative, creative, transformative, including remembering that even when we're suffering, we are still embedded in the via positiva of earthly and cosmic beauty and blessing, and also that the challenges we face may be just what we need in order to, for our more soulful life to evolve and expand. Echoing Campbell's urging to get rid of the life you have planned in order to have the life that's waiting for you and move into the transcendent, let's recall John O'Donohue's counsel from our earlier reading. Though your destination is not yet clear, you can trust the promise of this opening. Unfurl yourself into the grace of beginning that is at, at one with your life's desire. Awake your spirit to adventure. Hold nothing back. Learn to find ease in risk. Soon you will be home in a new rhythm, for your soul senses the world that awaits you. I hope that by hearing such guidance and learning of the four paths that you might find, as I did, more patience, optimism, and strength during such soul-deepening junctures. As a reminder, we already know what doesn't work so well. Houston, we have a problem. <laughs> or not. The soul grows by subtraction. So just for a moment, we're not going to do a long meditation, but close your eyes, and I invite you to think of one thing, bring one thing to mind in your life. Might be an attitude, a habit, a judgment, an ingrained routine, anything at all, to which you might loosen your grip a little bit. Make a little space around. Release a little bit so that something new and life-giving and expansive can flow into your heart and soul. Maybe even a little divine joy. And I invite you to hold that thought throughout your day and really work with it a little bit this week. Thank you. Finally, I share these paths and the idea of letting go as an opening through which the transcendent can flow, not only our collective one, because as a culture and a world, we are very much in need of recapturing the reverence and connection to life's beauty and blessings to fully confront our era's intense sufferings, both of people and the earth, and to let go of the outdated systems uh, maintaining these, 
We need greater levels of creativity and to apply it to the transformative work of healing and justice making. We need the four paths writ large. What all this and the art of letting go boils down to is mental, emotional, and spiritual flexibility. And my prayer today is that we all do our best to be supple enough, receptive enough, spiritually aware enough to release what's outworn and receive what's next needed in our lives so that each of us can take our most noble and beautiful place in the new sacred mosaic that is seeking to emerge and converge right at this time in history. In that spirit, I'll close with a beatitude of sorts. It comes from that well-known well spiritual sacred source, God knows where. <laughs> but I heard it someplace, so here it is. Blessed are the flexible, for they shall not be bent out of shape. <laughs> Namaste, blessed be, and amen.